Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Grizz Griswold, head of marketing of Finos, and this is the Open Source and Finance Podcast. And on this episode of the podcast, I sit down with Don Foster, who's the director of open source community strategy at VMware. We talk about how collaboration breeds creativity in open source and the experiences that Dawn has had throughout her career and what she's seen as a good corporate citizen in open source. So sit back and cue the music. Is everybody in? Cool. So this is an interview, again, that I did with Don Foster, who's the Director of Open Source Community Strategy at VMware. And Don has been a consistent speaker at our Open Source in Finance and Open Source Strategy Forums uh, in the past couple of years. I talked to her right before uh, Open Source and Finance Forum in London uh, this past year, and she was presenting on how to be a good corporate citizen in open source, which you'll hear us talking about that a little bit. And this is also a beginning to our series on the bedrock benefits of open source uh, within financial services. And in this particular one, we talk a little bit about collaboration, uh, breeding creativity. And we find this so much uh, within the work that we see happening on a daily basis uh, between our sell-side banks and our buy-side firms and the cloud service providers and the big tech firms that um, and the service integrators and and, and the reg techs and fintechs that all work together on these uh, open source projects. Um, So what I wanted to talk to Don about was, you know, over her 20 years experience within open source, um, you know, what she's seen at an atomic level, uh, you know, in companies and, and, and how that has grown over the years, um, this, you know, the collaboration, breeding creativity and, and kind of where it starts is in the tiny little niches of things that actually grow into something bigger. But enough of my talking. Um, I'll let you hear from Don and uh, hope you enjoy it and we'll catch you on the other side. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Grizz Griswold of Finos. Hope you're doing well. Today, my guest is Don Foster. Don is the Director of Open Source Community Strategy for VMware. Don, say hello. Hello, everyone. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Good. Good, 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 good. Um, sometimes we have to work in, uh, interesting situations and today is one of those days for me. So, uh, uh, I hope you're, you're having a nice day at home, um, and, uh, chilling out a little bit. I'd, I'd really like to talk to you and, and find out, you know, a little bit about your career, um, uh, your developer, your technologist journey that you've had and kind of what brought you here, what brought you to VMware. Yeah, sure. So I I have been working in open source for for more than twenty years. Actually, I I came out of university with sort of the standard computer science degree back in the mid nineties, and I started my very first job out of university as a Unix system administrator. Um, so I spent a lot of time working on on Unix. This was before most companies had adopted Linux in any any form. So that was for a manufacturing company in in the Midwest. I did that for a few years, amongst some other things. I also worked on some some e-commerce, which was the hot new thing back then. Um, This was before the dot-com bust. Uh, And then I ended up at Intel in 2000. 
And shortly after I started, they started to do a little more work with, uh, with Linux and open source. And they needed someone to take a strategic look at some basically at Linux and Linux developer tools in particular. So open source tools, but also proprietary Linux development tools and figure out which ones were likely to be strategic for Intel over the coming years. And we'd focus on some of those to enable new processors. And they looked at me and they were like, well, you did Unix, which is kind of like Linux. And of course, as a Unix sysadmin, I dealt with all kinds of open source tools. So, um, you know, I'd been a user of open source for, for quite a while. And so I got, um, I got ended up with that project. And I started as part of this kind of strategic look at these open source projects. I got fascinated by the way that these communities operated because you look at it from the outside and it's just like chaos, right? It's just like people throwing code together and somehow they end up with something that not only works, you know, not only works, but works really, really well. Oh, yeah. And so I got fascinated by how these projects just operated. And I managed to sort of turn that into a, into a full-time career. And I managed to move from, you know, at Intel, I was doing kind of strategic um, open source things. I moved into more of a full-time community management roles, community lead roles. So I did that at places like Dive Software, and I did some consulting for a few years. I worked at Puppet, where I led their community team. And then, and then for my, for my midlife crisis in 2015, I quit my job at Puppet. I sold my house and sold my car in Portland, Oregon, and picked up and moved to London, where I got a PhD, and I studied the Linux kernel, and I looked at how people collaborate together from various computing companies to produce the Linux kernel. And then after that, I ended up at uh, at Pivotal, and then now I'm at VMware. And I think the first the first time I met you, well, I don't even think we were Finos at the time. We were still the Symphony Software Foundation. Was when you just moved to Pivotal, um, and uh, I think I think we even brought you in as a speaker from one company and going into another company at the same or at the, at the time. Um, and but also I, I know that you've talked to all things open too and and I was part of the genesis of that as well. And so so I I, I I've kind of followed your career over the years um, as as a conference organizer, which has been kind of cool. Um, so and and you do you do a lot of speaking as well, right? I do. I actually recently counted because I've started doing talks on how to become a conference speaker and how to submit good talk proposals for conferences. And I've done over 100 talks at industry events. That's uh, pretty stellar. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. That's, that's what happens when you have a 20 year career and something turns out yeah. you, this you is talk true. a lot about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is good because what is the first the first 15 years is, is becoming the expert in it. And then, uh, yeah, the next I don't know that that's is that outliers is it was that the malcolm glidewell book about it takes 15 years to become an expert in something um and um uh you know you you, you fake the rest i think um <laughs> maybe, maybe i read that. <laughs> anyway um so so you know your talk um your talk is how to um how to be a good corporate citizen in open source um can can you talk a little bit about that? But can you also talk about you know uh, maybe to some of the 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 different the the goodness and the benefits that come out of open source um, you know as you go through your career as you as a good corporate citizen in open source. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So, so at VMware, I, I run our open source community strategy team. And so I spend a lot of time looking at, at the open source projects that are important to us, that are strategic for us, and um, you know, looking at ways that we can improve, improve the health of those projects. And it's something that is, uh, so open source in general is super important to VMware. So we're, we're building our flagship products like the VMware Tanzu line, on top of open source cloud native technologies like, like Kubernetes and lots of other CNCF projects. And we really see open source as the way for us to innovate. All, you know, ne nearly all modern software is based on open source in one form or another, right? And it it allows us to be more creative. It gives us faster time to market, it gives us access to innovation, it gives us, you know, increased developer productivity, but you don't get that benefit of open source just by just by consuming it you really also need to contribute to it and that's yeah. really how you get this innovation benefit and there are lots of people that consume it um not a lot of people who contribute to it and we have loads of people who spend you know all or most of their time contributing to upstream projects like you know like like kubernetes and spring and RabbitMQ and lots of other other cncf projects but we believe that it's really important for us to invest in and contribute to open source and that's part of, you know, how you become a good citizen in open source. And, and you know, I, I think maybe, maybe you've seen this in financial services, but when I first started here, you know, five years ago, that, that there was a lot of consumption and, and really truly in the past five years, we've seen a huge uptick in contribution um, in the financial services industry in general across the board which you know again five years ago was not was not a thing so so yeah. it, it may be a little bit later to the table than some of the other you know more purely technological i guess companies and industries but um but but i hope that you're seeing that as well in, in the work that you've been doing yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, I mean, finance has been maybe a little bit late to the game just because they tend to be, you know, more more conservative companies for sure. But you and know, I think as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think when you, you know, you think about uh contributing to open source software in general, there there are a lot of different layers, right? So I mean at the the very basic layer, it's you know, you make a change to an open source project internally, um, you know, you create a patch, whatever, to fix something that you you needed or some bug that you encountered. And, you know, the first step is sort of contributing that back upstream into the project as a, as a good corporate citizen. But contributing that back upstream means that you're letting other people benefit from it, but also that you're not taking the burden of, you know, maintaining that patch every time there's an upgrade or security update or or something and having to be constantly reapplying these patches that you you've done and and so that's kind of like the first step that's that's the baby step into open source is just to you know reduce your own technical debt for using open source open source projects and then when you really see the value though is when you start to build on that and you start to become truly part of that community and when you're taking on leadership positions and getting really deeply involved in these communities, you can have you can have influence into the products, you know, project's direction. You can, you know, help make the project better for for everybody. You learn about what's coming in the project. I mean, the best way to not be surprised by what's happening in an open source project is if you're in there on a day to day basis working on it. 
And and that's that's really how, you know, from a company perspective, that's that's how you get this this innovation. That's how you get the creativity. That's how you get the benefits of open source is by being there on a day-to-day basis and and helping make the decisions and making things better and and contributing as needed to do that. You kind of you kind of separate it, I believe, in your talk, and, and this goes to what you were just saying. Um, you separate the you know the company from the individual from the community, and um, and but I I think part of what at least what I'm getting out of you know what what I'm reading into the abstract is that um, the company as an entity has goals that human (laughs) the individual has goals and the community has goals as well and they don't probably always match up um is that true and then how does that work yeah they don't indeed always match up um and so so i actually look at these i actually look at these three things as sort of a triad so i think that they're they're distinct things um but they're also interrelated in really complicated ways that are hard i think for a lot of companies to understand so on the one hand you have you have individuals so those are the people who are actually in these communities making those contributions they're building trust in those communities they're moving into leadership positions uh which they take with them if they change companies Um, So it really is, you know, the day-to-day work in these communities is very much individually based. Um, And then, but you've got these, you know, these collections of of individuals. So you've got the community, which you can kind of think of also as the project, right? So so the community or the project has to do the right thing for the the project. So everything that goes into, into the project has to be in the best needs of the community. And so that's why you have these individuals working together within these communities. And it's really to deliver this open source project and, you know, to be kind of the, the best the best it can be. But it really, everything does really need to be um, in the best interests of the community as a whole. And then you've got the companies. And so the companies are paying people to spend their time full-time in these communities. So they're paying these individuals. These individuals are part of the communities. But the companies also need to recognize that they can't just push stuff into these open source communities just because they have those individuals there, even the individuals that are in leadership positions. And what can happen if people don't understand this, this kind of complicated dynamic, is that they put their individual employees into these no-win situations where they can't do what they need to do for the good of the community without jeopardizing their employment and their, their livelihood. And that puts people in in really really tough positions. And I, I have quit jobs um, because because of this dynamic in the past, where the company has continued to push me to do things that just weren't the right things for the community and the project, and not really understanding um, why that was not cool. And it has a huge impact on you know on employee retention, and it has a huge impact on that company's reputation in these open source projects. I imagine in part of your talk that that you talk about the you know the, the company's role in in making sure that the individual is is allowed to work within the community in order to make whatever that open source project is better mm-hmm. i i do wonder and i is what's the responsibility of the employee to and 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 I I wonder because I've seen this, um, you know, what is the 
responsibility of the employee to kind of educate the employer as to you know why or the benefits that that they would actually be getting by continuing or allowing allowing an employee to to really be part of a community because it benefits the community it benefits the individual but it also benefits the company itself as long as you know as long as that's a symbiotic relationship um you know it is is there any onus on the employee back to the employer um i guess as far as education um especially i'm thinking again in financial services to where regulated industry um you've you've had a history of like things are getting better but you know it's still not always there um you know because of the regulation because of the you know the ultra compliance um and and then also you know some people just they weren't born in open source as well so you know so there is a lot of education that we still do um but i wonder you know for for that contributor what's what's the education back to the employer yeah i think to the extent that they can help educate their employer i think that's definitely that's definitely something you need to do especially if you don't have a lot of open source in your company um but on the other hand, um, you know, putting that on individual employees can also be really hard. So, you know, especially more more junior employees might not be good at making that connection and mm -hmm. being able to really clearly articulate why it is that this the work that they do is important. And yeah. I see too many, particularly um, junior engineers, position it as in a way that makes it sound like charity. Um, okay. which is not going to win them any any favors uh, in like being able to continue to do that long term um, because it's not charity. It's it's you know, it's work that needs to be done and that the company benefits from. Like I said, you know, we at VMware, we look at it from the standpoint of of, you know, as a way to power innovation and um, we don't look at it as as charity. And so I'm very careful never to position it as, you know, well, we just you know, this is just for the for the good of, of all of the people. It's right. it's for the good of VMware, and it also benefits it benefits our customers. It benefits the entire ecosystem. But I try to talk about it in terms of benefits as opposed to charity. But this is also a place where you know if if the company has an open source program office, which are becoming increasingly common, the open source program office can do an awful lot to start to do some of this some of this education for you know across the company because the more managers and leaders who understand how these dynamics work and the importance of these long-term commitments in these communities you know the more likely you are to be able to sustain these contributions and this is why i i also talk a lot about having uh strategies and plans for your open source work that clearly tie back to what the company is trying to achieve and and the reason I I so I hammer hard on this in just about every presentation I give on on almost any open source topic because I think it's I think it's really really important and from a from a good corporate citizen standpoint the work that we do in open source projects because a lot of it is based on these you know individuals build trust and they build reputations in these communities so these are long term investments and so if you have companies that are constantly pulling people on and off of these projects and treating people like like you know replaceable cogs they're not going to be successful in their open source efforts but if you take the time to put together some, you know, some strategies and plans that tie back to what your organization, what your whole company is trying to achieve, it's like, you know, our company is trying to do this, and here's how the open source work that we do fits into that. 
then you're more likely to be able to justify that over periods of years, as opposed to it getting cut in the next cycle because someone decides it's charity and not real work. That is a very good way of putting it to, um, I think you're right sometimes, and especially, you know, I, I, I still remember um, the lug world and, and, you know, and, and, and helping organize some of the, you know, Linux user groups and in different places and, and how sometimes it did feel very, very, you know, if not charity, then like, Hey, we're kind of doing this thing. Um, and, and, but, but there is, there is real true business value, um, that can be derived out of this. Um, but there's also, you know, like if, if it's the right project as well, then, you know, there's, there's a lot of good that can be done, I think too. And, and, you know, and also building the community, a, a good, healthy community that's around something that, that people have purpose in, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I think that, you know, people need communities and, yeah. and, and, and they, they, they gravitate towards them with things that they like. And when they find a community, whether, you know, whether it's video gaming, whether it's, you know, an open source project, whether it's, you know, something that you do as, as a hobby that has nothing to do with technology. I can't think of outside technology right now, <laughs> but, um, that, that, you know, that's kind of good for the human soul, I feel. Yeah. Um, and so there, there there are benefits that come out of it that aren't necessarily business value, but I think, yes, uh, you're very correct that if, if you have to sell this, then yep. the sell it is, you know, here are dollars and cents, and there's a whole bunch around it that are so beneficial to, to your company as well. Um, yeah. I mean, early in my career, this is part of how I've been able to do this for so long. I spent a lot of time justifying why I was doing this and basically justifying my existence at various companies. And, and now, you know, I do this on behalf of other people, right? So I justify the work that we do, um, you know, in in various various open source projects that are, you know, lots of people contributing. But um, so this is, and I'll, I'll be honest, this is sort of my sneaky way of, of of working this is that you you build the contribution strategies and plans based on what you're trying to achieve as a company, but you also encourage people that are working in that project to also do other things that benefit the community that the community needs. Um, and you can you can do that, you know, you're you're waiting for a big PR to land, you're answering questions, uh, you know, you're answering questions in forums or, you know, doing GitHub reviews on other people's stuff, or maybe you improve some documentation. But there's lots of stuff that you can do to benefit the community, sort of what we call in Kubernetes the um uh chop wood carry water tasks. So the little little thankless things. And I think those are those are also those are also important. Um, but you're not going to justify the work based on that. Those are some things that you can do in addition because you're not always going to be working on a big new feature or a, you know whatever. And and these help build your reputation in those as an individual and as a company in those communities because you're doing things that that are needed for the community but aren't in you know kind of aren't the selfish things that you you need as a company yeah agreed and both are important yes yes they are definitely um is we've kind of touched on it a couple of times but i, I did kind of want to come back to um you know the the collaboration side breeding creativity um and and kind of the you know 
I don't I don't want to call it hive mind. That that would be the wrong way of, of looking at a community mind, but but the different perspectives that come out of a community and, and how they can really breed creativity and your project that you bring back into your business as well. Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the reasons that you do see a lot of creativity and innovation in open source projects is you know, because you have a whole bunch of people coming from different backgrounds and different different places working together. And it's, you know, from the standpoint of like diversity, equity and inclusion, you've got people from different, you know, different backgrounds from that standpoint. But you also have people from different companies and different types of companies think about things very, very differently. So finance companies versus semiconductor manufacturers versus, you know, software companies like VMware, we all have different approaches and different different ways of thinking about things. And so when you have a big project like like Kubernetes, for example, that's the obvious one because everybody knows what it is, um, you know, having people from lots of different types of companies, lots of different backgrounds, lots of different kind of experiences over the years helps you think about things in a way that you just never would if it was a project that you were building entirely within the walls of your company because you'd you'd have product managers who are talking to your customers but not other customers. And this I think one of the reasons that this does, um, you end up with things that are are more innovative and more creative is is because you know you're you're tapping into this whole pool of people who know about your customers, but also people who know about customers that you could have in the future. and you know, and other people who might who might want to use this this software uh, project or platform. Um, in a way that you you wouldn't in a traditional environment where you're kind of running through the traditional sort of path. And, and um, I was talking to a maintainer of a project uh, last week, um, and and he he was saying that one of the the most important things that they've gotten from the work that they've done together as as actually competitors within the same space. Um, that it, it's it's been the use cases uh that that have come out of the the different companies that are competing with each other in the same space they, they do think you're right they do things differently they they have different GUIs they you know their philosophies are different on on how they approach things um and they have you know slightly different customer bases that brings in different use cases so that it eventually has made what they've been building, you know, incredibly different from where it was a year ago when they, um, you know, when they were in version, you know, 1.2 of it. Uh, now they're you know, going into version 2.0 of it, and um, and and that that the you know even the diversity of you know the diversity of customers and and what they do on a daily basis is is become very important to that group. Um, and so they may not always agree <laughs> on things, with, but that's every community, right? Um, yeah. But, but it, you know, that was something that he was pointing to directly as a maintainer in the particular project going, you know, it's, it's, it's the healthy competition and, and the cooperation, or what, I'm not even sure what you call it, that, that <laughs> has come out of that community that has made what they're doing even better. Um, so, yeah, totally totally goes to what you're saying I, I feel yeah I mean every time I I contribute to something you know I I always learn something whether I'm whether I'm talking to people at conferences whether I'm doing you know reviews of what the work that other people are doing um or 
or other people reviewing reviewing the things that that I've done, uh, you really you really just get different different perspectives. And you're like, well, why did you why did you do it that way? And help me help me understand. And 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 at some point you were like, wow, that's way better than the way I was doing that thing before. And and so you you just you learn so much. Just uh, you know, just personally. I mean, I've the so this is part of part of why I've loved being an open source for as long as I have is that, you know, I have these amazing connections with people that I've met at events, that I've met in communities. And I can I can travel just about anywhere in the world and meet up with somebody that that I know from some some open source community that I was part of in the past or that I know right. from from conferences. And I've I've just had really interesting conversations with really fascinating people over the years. And so it's just been like from a personal standpoint, it's been the best thing to work on that I could even possibly ever possibly think of. No, that's awesome. Um, and and you're right. That's it's kind of the fun of conferences. That's the fun of these communities as well. Um, so, uh, are there any, uh, besides Kubernetes, are there any other projects that, that really pique your interest, um, whether you're, you have been working on them currently or, or if you've seen something that, you know, like, Hey, you know, somebody should really check this out. Um, anything that, that maybe somebody wouldn't know about, um, right now that, that maybe even just needs help. Yeah, so I I spend quite a bit of time in the Chaos project. So that's Chaos with two S's. It's a it's a Linux Foundation project that's um, focused on project health metrics for open source projects, and it's something that I've been involved in for for a long time. I've I've cared a lot about open source metrics. This is part of how I've justified my job over and over and over, as we talked about earlier, is is through metrics and data. And I'm just I'm just a fan. I'm a fan of data in general. So this is a project that I contribute to, and it is, it is genuinely probably um, the nicest community of people I've ever been involved in. And I've been involved in lots of communities with really nice people, like Puppet had fantastic people. Kubernetes has lots of fantastic people, but the Chaos Project really is is super welcoming. It's super diverse, and you know I think a lot of people look at project health metrics and they think, well, you know, if I if I don't write code, I can't contribute. And a lot of what we actually spend our time doing is defining metrics using words. So it's, you know, what does it mean for, um, you know, time to first response on an issue? How would how would you do that? Not how would you do that in code, but how would you how would you approach that? How would you measure that? What questions are you trying to ask? And so we spent a lot of time just talking about what metrics we we need and defining them in a way that makes sense for the people who might be using them, and then we can implement them in software. Um, well, and because the software sort of predated some of the metrics, uh, one of the things we've been doing is going back and actually defining a lot of the metrics that are already implemented in the software. So we we do it that way too. But but it's a fun community that you know anybody that's interested in the health of open source projects can participate in in some way or another. Because words have meaning, folks. They, they do <laughs> indeed. They, they do. do. They do. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I I believe that we have it. I'm going to get this word wrong. Is it ontology? Is it, um, which is, is, is basically what, you know, what words have meanings within, um, and, and defining soft, I don't know. It, it, uh, we have projects that have meanings specifically about, you know, how do we say this so that the intent is correct? Um, and, and that's, you know, that's, what you're saying and what what I meant with words have meaning. Um, uh, no, and that and that that should help draw 
let's say non-technologists um in you know marketing people hrp you know like the entire spectrum can get involved with open source which i don't think still at this point that may be like the next level of open source you know getting the people that that don't code that aren't engineers that aren't you know consider themselves technologists to to really start to come into the fold um you know i i i don't consider myself a developer as much as you know like i made websites and you know front end front end development kind of more hacking it <laughs> um but you know when i've gotten involved with things it, it's been you know it has been on the oh yeah it's just the understanding so that other people can understand it as well um and you know uh, so this my my halfway technologist brain um trying to get involved and you know and you're right you have the right community that welcomes that and welcomes different point of mm -hmm. views and, um you know then you can really do a lot with that so yeah. i will make and sure I, to put the kids oh go ahead oh yeah go ahead i was just gonna say you know i i still occasionally contribute code to projects um not not very often and usually very small small bits but the vast majority of the contributions that i make tend to be around things like like improving the governance which again is 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 words and markdown files but i think you know open source projects really need to do a bit more to mentor some of the you know what I'll just call non-developers into the into the fold because you know yeah. even even to make changes to you know website content or markdown files you know it requires a, a the, the process uses github which is um relatively relatively straightforward for those of us that have used source code control you know systems for for many years it is absolutely not intuitive to anyone else and so i think that a big part of getting product managers which are super important in open source projects you know documentation and tech writers and and people who do marketing and all of these other things that you really need within an open source project i think we need to do more in open source projects to to provide training and mentoring and bring these people in and, and help them because you know once they understand how it works it's it's not it's not hard but it's not it's not going to be intuitive to a lot of people until they've until they've done it a few times yep i totally agree and 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 have seen it and and then you know then you get that person that that comes in thinking that they have no part in it and then those are the ones that usually shine later on when they really take hold of something and, and make it their own and then become part of that community as well. So um, uh, I, don't know, I think it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I recently uh, uh, somebody who works on my team, she was um, you know, she just finished this this document that was a, a updates to our contributing.md file that we're going to use as a template across the VMware projects. And she was like, yeah, I'll ship this over to so and so and, you know, and he can he can do the pull request. I was like or you could do the pull request and let's and in 15 minutes i walked her through how to do her first pull request you know there's yeah. we installed the plugin on chrome that converts that google doc which is what she'd been working in to markdown mm -hmm. we cleaned it up a little bit we we did a pr nice and it was it was like 15 minutes but i was like or you could do the pr but you know it's not obvious how to do that until somebody walks you through it no that's true i i, I still i I rarely do PRs anymore. And and when I do, I have to go through an entire process of like, okay, what did I do last time in order to get to there? But you're right. You know, when, once you know how to do it, then, then it, yeah, then keep, keep doing it. 
keep doing it. Keep 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 yep. putting into it because you will you will eventually start getting a lot out of it. Um, so I, I um, for anybody who is not able to catch Don in person in London um, for the the Open Source and Finance Forum. Um, uh, her video is going to be available, and obviously this podcast is as well um, to complement it. So, um, um, but Don, I, re- I really appreciate your time today. And um, um, even though this podcast will come out after the conference, I'm looking forward to your talk. <laughs> so, Thanks. The, <laughs> the matrix is, is real. Um, and, and, and uh any anytime um you know if you have something you're working on in the future um please let us know and and uh would love to talk about uh you know all things open source with you i think that this was a you know great i i think that i told you i wanted to talk a little bit about collaboration and creativity and i, I think we hit everything in open source <laughs> so <laughs> all the benefits Uh-oh. Uh, yeah yeah so uh, so thank you and um uh with that i'm gonna go ahead and say um uh, good day good night wherever you are and uh thank you again don yeah thanks for having me it's fun all right well we hope you've enjoyed this podcast uh with again my guest was don foster from vmware her talk from Open Source Finance Forum in London is available at our website. And the name of the talk again was How to Be a Good Corporate Citizen in Open Source. And we'll put Don's information and how to watch her videos as well uh, in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it wherever you can on your podcast platforms. And also get involved with the foundation at finos.org. Sign up for a newsletter or for This Week at Finos in order to get continual updates on what's happening within the Finos ecosystem. Uh, Sign up for our Slack channels as well. And just get involved with the community. Uh, We're looking forward to seeing you. And with that, I'm going to say again, good day, good night, wherever you are. (music)